so right before the hip replacement, my dad was like, we have a question. And I was like, it's not a question for me. My dad was like, so if we got her hip bone out and we gave it to the dog, would the dog know it's hers? <laughs> dad! I was like, what? Oh, weird. I'm also, I also want to know now that you brought this up. Yeah, now that, uh, now that the question Not a question I would have come up with on right? my own, but please tell me the answer. And the dog, I mean, like give us an odd lug if he's like, I'm not sure. To be completely honest, he's like, right? but we, that'd be an interesting test if right? like a dog could tell an owner's remains. Yeah. Like, yeah, especially that's yeah. We uh, and then we asked our neighbor who's a kid. Is this recording? Mm-hmm. Good. <laughs> I want that to be. Can a dog tell its owner's remains? I want that to be our tagline. Oh, our yeah. <laughs> oh, what a weird question. Oh my. You know it. Podcast where we're watching and discussing every episode of Pretty Little Liars one at a time, spoiler free. My name is Emily. I'm Kelly. And I'm Addie. Emily and Kelly have seen all of Pretty Little Liars. And Addie is experiencing the show for the first time. This week, we're discussing Season 1, Episode 10, Keep Your Friends Close. This episode was written by our Mar- I, Marlene King, and directed by Ron Lagomarzino? 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 I think so. Lago Marcino? Yeah. My good buddy, <laughs> Ron. Your good Lago buddy, Ron. Marcino. <laughs> You're good. Good buddy, good buddy, Ron. <laughs> yeah, my good pal. Keep Your Friends Close originally aired on Tuesday, August 10th, 2010. And this is the one where the girls go glamping as threats from A escalate and the FBI arrives in Rosewood. But the evening takes a dangerous turn. I feel like the FBI showing up Had is already to... the dangerous turn. I also feel like, like the FBI showing up was not nearly that important in this episode to make it in the synopsis. Yes. They, like, they walked in for two seconds. Okay. Uh, last week, Addie predicted that Hannah's taking Allie's place so that she could know everything about everyone, but it's more of like a fun kind of knowing than like a calculated one. Uh, she definitely, for sure, 100% thinks Wilden is A. Joke. <laughs> <laughs> and also maybe Alex is A. We didn't see any of Alex today. Uh, her predictions for real. <laughs> there was air quotes there for those of you that can't see us. Couldn't tell by the tone. <laughs> um, are tripling down on that bitch Monet. And A needed to have been in the library. Okie dokie. Um, am I doing previously? I think it's my turn. Is it you? Yeah. Okay, go for it. Previously on... Sorry. Previously on Pretty Little Liars. One... <laughs> I haven't read these, but it's... <laughs> one paycheck family living a two-paycheck life. B, 26. It was one kiss! Ian! Maya and Emily? Of... <laughs> of fucking course, bitch. Creepy Toby. Toby called Allie the night she died. Is Toby dead? Thanks for getting Toby out of my way. There was a lot of Toby in the Yeah, there was a lot. Time. Perfect. We love Toby. Alrighty. Keep your friends close. And your enemies, yeet them 
far, far away. Zoom! <laughs> In right. a galaxy? Wait, one hero. Sorry, this is a really cheesy joke. So, my mom used to play clarinet as a kid, and my dad would ask her, Oh, do you know the one how to play far, far away? And she goes, No, I don't know that one yet. That's a joke. Like, do you know how to go play far, far away? So, that's what oh. that reminded me of. Oh. Oh. What an awful joke, but also. <laughs> that's like the one where they're like, Oh, oh. you're singing along something, and they're like, Oh, who sings that song? And you're like, Oh, Taylor Swift, and they're like, oh, then you only she should sing way. it. Yeah, yeah like, you... <laughs> but my uh, mom was just, like, a little kid, like, she's seven, be like, I don't know that one. <laughs> like, I'll work on that. Oh. <laughs> All right, I'm ready. Okay. I'm hungry, I'm dad. It's like, no, dad. Oh, oh, my dad's go-to is I always say, oh, dad, you got a haircut? No, I oh, got a God. haircut. God. <laughs> Every oh. time, to this day, Ooh. he still gets me. Paul has a new joke. And it makes me so mad every time. I fall for it every time. Yeah. Paul got a new joke, and it's, how do you get a magical creature through your into your house? Through the Gryffindor. <laughs> Don't worry. He can just slither in. Oh, oh my God. I love this it. is a thing my I heard him say six times today, and he wrote it in his morning notes for R1 in the email. <laughs> So a total of seven times. Like a lot happens in the in the like <coughs> before the cut scene before cut Yeah. What is it called? The cut scene, right? Cold open. Cold open. Yeah. Thank you. A lot happens. So the chilly. Burr. Um, Snacks you right in the face. A lot happens in the cold open though. So we start with finding out that Ian's the new field hockey coach. Yes. And question is Ian. I know I've asked this before, and I will certainly ask it again. Is he the actor from either Smart House or The 13th Year? Oh, no, he's not in The 13th Year. He's in Smart House and Luck of the Irish. The 13th Year must you be someone You just told me he was in The 13th Year. Um, I saw Luck of the Irish and read it as 13th Year. Do you know how letters work? <laughs> no, I'm very tired. Oh, I'm looking at The 13th Year now. That's it's very much a different a child. Very different <laughs> All right, now we know. And that's all I have to say about this entire episode. We can all go home now. Hey, um, I don't want to go home now. Also, Mona is having a birthday. And I pointed out to Kelly when we were watching this a minute ago, because I am awful and didn't watch this episode, because procrastination is king. Um, procrastination is bang. Is the way that Mona says her name, Ugh. it sounds like she's saying Mona with an emphasis on the A. And I was like, Addie's right. She's A. She just admitted it. Um, I, all, I just she heard us party. talking about her in the future, so she changed the way she says oh her name. My God. They're glamping. Okay, that. Uh, and now they all have to go to Mona's party because A is like forcing them to. I feel like I heard the term glamping for the first time, like relatively recently. So then when the show said it, I was just like, ugh. <laughs> oh, I know this is nine years old, but. Yeah. Um, yeah. I also like to support Addie's theory that Mona is A. Here is my here is my evidence presented to you. A. Mona hands the invitations to everybody. Walks around a corner. Who knows how far she went? She could be standing right there. They're all talking about how they can't go. Oh, we can't go because blah 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 blah. And then. All of a sudden, they all get a text that they have to go because there's some scavenger hunt. And 
then later in the episode, when they get the shit, what they get the text message in the tent or whatever. Um, crap, I forget exactly what the A message says. Hold on, but let me then try my when notes. they when they uh, Emily and Spencer decide like, boom, we're gonna. Literally, as they get up to start, like Emily, oh, Aria, it was you and found Spencer. my bracelet. Now find me. Yeah, and yeah, then they're yeah. like, and they get up to go act on it, and Mona opens the tent. She's like, mm, "Time to get blown!" Like literally stopping, preventing them from going off. Right, so like another the timing time. is really. Plus, also the way she was like, "A texted me, and now I know you had liposuction." I was like, "What?" Uh, like. I also found that it was odd that there was no, like, more questioning well, about and, like, when Ezra, A texting her. When Ezra found out about A, and when Mom found out about A, it was both... Ooh, that was spicy. <coughs> That's why so, they call it spicy tuna. So, <laughs> when Ezra found out about A, Too much and when Mom found out about A, it was both seen on camera. Technically, like, we're at a point where Mona has found out about A now, and we don't get to see it. Yep. So, like, how do we know she's telling the truth? Exactly. Yeah. Fair. Fair point. All in defense of Addie's theory. Here's my reasons why it's not Mona. Monet. Yeah, get it right. Monet. No. <laughs> A. Okay, so... It's not Mona, because what about Toby? I don't think it's Toby. Why? Just because he has floppy hair? No, I hate his hair. I oh would, my god, I just I remembered would, we haven't met somebody yet I that I like. I would convict him just for his haircut in this show. But That's pretty much what they do. The cops catch him. Well, I just... <laughs> I think there's too much of a lead up into him being like there's so much going on with him and he's still there. Okay. And we still don't know totally. Like there's I just there's not. I think it'd be too much of a lead up that it was him, especially now that his sweater was around Alan's like shoulder. That was my biggest note from this episode. Was like okay, murderer or not, why would Toby keep a sweater? That had a blood stain on it. Yeah. That they could still test for DNA. Yeah, like wash your clothes, kid. It's been over a year. It's been like a year and a half. Wash your shit. Like, wait, and I also, thought she was wearing the sweater. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but at the when the cops they found say that Toby house, was in trouble. That's mm. why they that's why they were convicting Toby. They had a search warrant for the Kavanaugh house. I missed that then. And they found it in Toby's house, which is like which is why. That would mean he would have had to, like, murder Allie, take the sweater off, and leave, where I think it would have just ended up in the hole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But also, like, I get if Toby did it, I get why he would have taken the sweater, but he wouldn't have kept the sweater. Mm-mm. No, you burn that shit. He's smarter than that. Or bury it somewhere else. Yeah. Do something. Yeah. I said that. Oh. She said, I said you burn that shit. shit. <laughs> I don't know why that went in one ear and out the other. Well, I agreed with you. And then I said, let's burn it too. <laughs> um, so, then after the theme song, we are in Hannah's house. Mona is in Hannah's house for the first time that we've seen. Like, 
But them being best friends, they've never been in Hannah's house together, I don't think. It's always been, like, other places. Um, we find out that Mom is having troubles with the mortgage, and then that Hannah tries to explain to Mona that they're having financial problems, and Mom throws a $100 bill at Hannah, which... Yeah. You know, maybe that explains their financial problems. Yep. Like, mom's well, solution is throw money at it. And it's her last $100. And I think she's, yeah. she's trying so hard to give Hannah a normal life when she doesn't have the means to do it. But she, like, but she's... Like, she doesn't want Hannah to have to worry about the financial problems. Yeah. But, like, she also pointed out to Hannah that they're a one-paycheck family living a two-paycheck life. So why... Wouldn't wouldn't it be okay that Hannah's like I can't go to dinner? We don't have the money right now. Yeah, you know. So, like, mom is contradicting her own teachings, like feelings and teachings on. Well, I think I and again their small, situation, small town mentality where she probably know she's definitely seen that transformation of Mona turning into a much like bitchier person. And a friend to Hannah, she's or at least if she's just now getting to know Mona in the past year while she's been friends with Hannah, she realizes she's really material or material materialistic and bitchy. Um, so she probably doesn't want Mona to spread word around a tiny little town that oh look at single mom failure. That was my initial thought because yeah, well no, it's definitely all about keeping up appearances. Yeah, and. Mom definitely heard Hannah, like, spilling Oh, yeah. But I, like, I don't even think she'd, like, want to explain it at all to anyone. Because it'll seem like a failure no matter what, in her eyes, how everyone else will view her. Right. Um, then we go to Arya's house. I still hate Byron. Mm -hmm. But Arya's wearing a tie as a belt. Yes, her outfit this episode. She's a babe. Um. But, like, Oh my god, Byron. I think it's really cruddy that he's, like, trying to put Arya in the middle again. I also think it's really cruddy that he's trying to blame Ella for their, like, for his inability to be a parent. Yeah. Like, he is a dad as much as Ella is a mom. Why doesn't he know how to do his kid's laundry? Why, like, why, because, let's be honest, prior, and this is a thing, I read an article about this recently. In a relationship... Like, statistically, it tends to be that women bear the mental load more than the men. So, like, the women have the list that's, like, grocery shopping, laundry, uh, dishes, house cleaning, this, this, and this, on top of work and school and kids and whatever. So, it's the wife that, or the girlfriend or the fiancé or whatever, the female in the relationship that has to be like, you need to do the laundry. You need to take the boy to soccer practice or you need to take the daughter to soccer soccer practice, whatever. Versus the husband being able to go, oh, little Debbie needs to go to soccer practice. Maybe I could offer to take her. Mm-hmm. So it's the idea of, in a, I'm gonna say in a, in a heterosexual relationship, that's the, that's the best way to describe that. In a heterosexual sexual relationship, the woman bears the mental load over the man. Because it's different when it's a man and a man and a woman and a woman. But in I guess in any relationship, one person is going to bear the mental load yeah. over the other. 
So even in a even in a homosexual relationship with a man and a man or a woman and a woman, there someone in that relationship is the one that's got the list in their head of all the things that need to be done, and someone in the relationship is waiting to be told. And so the article I was reading was specifically about men and women, but like I'm sure it happens in any relationship. There's always someone that is the one that has the running list of everything that needs to be done and the running list or and the, the list of like oh well she's gonna tell me when I need to do this or he's gonna tell me when I need to do this and like that's kind of where Byron's at is Ella always was the one that was like oh laundry needs to be done can you throw this in for me oh dinner needs to be cooked could you start it oh Mike needs to go to lacrosse practice, could you take him? Oh, Aria has this, could you do that? So now Byron's the one with the mental load and he's basically like blaming Ella for dumping it on him. And it's like, bitch, he's, she's been doing this for all of the years prior for your relationship. Like, like what's when, going on? When he made the comment like, oh, we could split it out, like have it. Yeah, well, between all of us, like, yeah, it's like, like all... it, it started out as like, oh, we'll, we'll split it up. Like, we'll each take a day to make dinner. Sure, that's a family thing. But then he's like, and pay rent and pay the bills and do this. And, and like, it's like, no, that's all parent shit. Mm -hmm. Like, sure, I'll cook, I'll cook dinner for my family well, one day a week it, if they ask me to. I don't know how to cook anything, so it will not be good, but I will try. Yeah, but mac like, and cheese or spaghetti is your option, but. But it's also with him if he's so upset that Ella's left and he wants to win her back and know about her, it's like, step up. Start taking care of your family. Start he's doing this. He's also obviously dumping this on Arya because he already dumped his secret on her, so she might as well be able to handle it anyway. But he knows that she goes and gets meals with Mom. Mm -hmm. Like, he knows that she's finally kind of, like, gotten over her hump of, like, anxiety with Mom living out of the house. Because we saw that, like, last episode, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We were, like, at the end of the episode. She was like, oh, I have dinner with my mom on Friday, but how about Saturday? And so we're seeing that, like, Byron is taking advantage of the fact that Ellie and Aria have a freaking great relationship. Like, I love mom and Aria together. And I like that, I like that her mom mentions that she wishes that Aria would have said something. To like, yeah. which, and the reason I think, like, it's not to make Arya feel guilty. I think mom does it to validate Arya's feelings. Yeah. Because, like, Arya, you did the right thing. Like, Arya felt the entire time like she should have told mom. And, like, Ella kind of validates that. Like, yeah, you should have told me. That would have been a good choice. But, like, I'm not I mad get that why you, you didn't. didn't, and I don't blame you for keeping your dad's secret. Yeah, you're not the reason this fell apart. Like, because Arya shouldn't, as a 16-year-old, at the time, like, 15-year-old, mm -hmm. maybe even, like, a little bit younger, shouldn't have had to know what the difference between protecting someone and hurting someone worse Yeah. Like, also, is. she shouldn't, at that age, be put in the middle of her parents' relationship in where she thought, like, she tells mom that I like, realized I just nodded at you and no one can see like I was yeah yeah totally like I agree with you and no one can see that so but um 
You can see it in there. I think, well, just like putting, no kid should be put in that position. And Arya definitely felt that if she did it, she would be hurting her mom. Because that's how Byron made her feel. And that's, an, and it's like, gosh, she shouldn't do that. But I, I love, I also really enjoy that they're not meeting at her apartment. Because Arya, I like last time when she stood up and was like, I don't want to go to your apartment. Yeah. Like, I don't want to be there. So I like that. But there's it's another place. Because I think yeah. it gives Arya, like, I don't accept that you're gone because I want you home, but I still want to be with yeah. you. Yeah. Well, you. Like, you're my you, mom. Get, you get a little bit of Arya's immaturity. Because I think, like, the thing I have the hardest time with in this show that, like, and this is weird because I was complaining, to my, complaining about it to my husband the other day. So, in Veronica Mars, she's 17 and dates a sheriff deputy that's 20. Like, that age difference is not that much. I'm like, it's like three, four years, maybe. Yeah. Like, com- like a pretty comfortable age difference. It's like a freshman dating a senior. Yeah. But it's a it's a junior dating someone that's in a sophomore in college. Um, so, but, like, I guess the show got a lot of backlash for that relationship because of the age difference. Yeah. And it's like... Yeah, but we're over here, like, rooting for Fitz and Arya, mm-hmm. and he's, like, gotta be, we figured, like, 24, 25. Yeah. Uh, Buffy and Angel. And Angel. Angel's, like, and 100. Spike. And, yeah. Despite like she's a little bit older. But still, and, like, no Angel, longer. Angel and her, so Angel is 240-something when Buffy is 16. Even if we cut out his vampire years, he died when he was, like, 26. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's a 26-year-old dating a 16-year-old. Spike, like, same thing. Spike was, like, a 20-something-year-old. But by the time she dates Spike, she's, she's 20-something in college. as well. Yeah. Because but we watch Spike's, her turn 21. But Spike's still 100-and-something. Not but when I he feel died. like in real life he's... Or in life, Not when, when he, he dies, dies, but I mean, like... He's older. I mean, like, he's 100-and-something... When they meet. Yeah. And, like, regardless of the age that they died, they don't stop maturing. And that's the thing that I think... Same with, like, Ella When and you die, you don't stop living. That <laughs> <laughs> oh, was dumb. It's the uh, best thing I'm going to say this whole podcast, I promise. <laughs> That'll be our quote for this one. Uh, but that's, like, the same thing with Edward and Bella. Like... Oh. Edward, same thing, like, when he died, he didn't stop maturing, and you can see that. Like, there's a lot about Edward as they write it that's very, like, mature compared to high school Bella. But then they, like, oh, well, we're going to forget about that because it's a vampire relationship. How It was so romantic because yeah. he hasn't settled down in because, all this time. Because he hasn't found anyone that he loves in all this time. And it's just, What's like... What's that movie where... The they they communicate through a mailbox on the lake. I think it's the through lake. time. The lake house. Literally the lake. Yeah, the lake house. through time. Yeah, yeah. The mailbox yeah, like is Sandra Bullock. I love yeah, yeah, yeah. that. I liked yeah. that movie. I thought. But that's also. But that's are, also fucked up. Oh my god, the Christmas spirit. He was old when he died too, and now he's a ghost. So much. Yeah. And then he comes back to life. Oh my god. Back to the future when the mom tries to get rid of the son. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but like. <gasps> what? That's yeah. gonna be our first bonus. 
is Kelly. Our first bonus movie is Kelly. Wait, no, never our first watched. one is Drop Dead Gorgeous. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. First one is Drop Dead Gorgeous because we have I to. watched it the other night with Corey because Corey said he, for, he forgot that we had watched it together. Ooh, he was dying the whole time. He loved oh, it. He was like, this is movie. so bad. And I'm like, I, I know. <laughs> it's so wonderful. I love it. Oh. Um, but, yeah, so, like, that's the thing that frustrates me is, like, Arya and Fitz are really cute, but, like, you're but, also, like, because of the Arya-Fitz relationship, you expect Arya to be more mature, but then you see her in the relationship with her parents, and you realize, like, no, she's a freaking 16-year-old girl. She's still Like, a baby. when I was 16, like, I was not expected, you know, like, I knew when mom was mad at dad, but I was not expected to mediate the arguments between mom and dad. Like, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't like, it wasn't like I had to figure out what the issue was and solve it for them. Like, they're adults. They should be talking. Like, Arya shouldn't have anything to do with this. Mm-hmm. And yes, childhood divorce is a little bit different. None of us have that experience. So it's like a different, um, a different, like, middle ground. But, like, you do it, as girl. a parent... Like, they shouldn't be divorced or not, separated or not, fighting or not. As a parent, you shouldn't be expecting your daughter to talk to mom for you. Like, send her a fucking text message. Yep. Also, when he was like, oh, what, what do you think would happen if I just stopped in at lunch? Like, why would you do that? Like, that's, that's, ugh. Like, oh, I'm just going to show the fuck up. Like, no. Your wife has literally said, I need space. The last thing you should do is show up at her pre-planned lunch with her daughter. Yeah, like, text her and be like, hey, I'm really struggling with this. Could we please talk? Like, be a grown-up about it. And you can talk not with Arya there. Yeah, Arya like doesn't need thing. to be your flipping like, mediator. Exactly. Like that's also the thing is don't show up and hijack your daughter's one night a week dinner with her mother because you miss mom and you can't figure out how to fix it. Because you don't know how to do a fucking load of laundry. I can't. Stan Byron for eight thousand you know, reasons. I really liked Byron the first time through. This time, I'm so mad at him the whole time. Like, he was annoying, and I knew he was a jerk, and, like, he didn't deserve the goddess that is his wife. Mm-hmm. But, like, I'm much angrier at him this time through than I was the first time. Oh, I, I hate him my first time. But also, <laughs> the first the first time I went through with Byron, I was still in college living with my parents, so I didn't have any, like, mental load. Like, my mom was still the one that was, like, Laundry needs to be done. House needs to be vacuumed. Toilets need to be scrubbed. Kids need to make it to this, this, and this. Um, but now this time, I have a husband in the house of my own and a dog that I'm taking care of. Oh, well, we definitely hate Byron. That is the moral of that story. Byron needs to learn how to do a load of laundry and stop telling Arya how they should all split it up. Yeah, like, Byron, Byron deserves to know how to do chores. He's a fucking adult. Yeah, like, like, what was he doing before he was married to Ella? Like, who was doing his fucking laundry then? You know? Mom. Ugh. Because they met in college. Mom. Definitely. But also, like, fine, you're the breadwinner, but just because you go to work every day doesn't mean that 
like, Ella's not doing anything. You know? Like, she works at the gallery, so they were both working parents. So, it's like, obviously, Ella's got shit that she's supposed to be doing, too. Like, she's got things that are stressful. And I'm sure the gallery, like, at least with school for Byron, like, I'm sure he could drop some stuff and, like, kind of wash his hands of school at the end of the day. Yeah, he could make you know like, schedule, too. My husband is a teacher, so I understand, like, the shit that teachers deal with. But, like, I'm sure that, like, the stuff at the gallery follows Ella home, too. Yeah. Like, that's not, that's not a job that ends when you're gone for the day. So, yeah. He frustrates me as a human. Very much. Um, then we go to Spencer's house, and Melissa is home. Yeah, and she's in a good mood. Um, this, is the yeah. first, this is the first we've seen of her since the, um, I'm not going to be sad, or depressed and fat, or whatever, declining pasta. Oh, I thought the last time we saw her was at Homecoming. I, oh, I, just, I forgot about homecoming. Yeah, she comes back for homecoming. Mm-hmm. She tries yeah. to. I had the Alex muffin incident in my head, Spencer. or the pasta incident in my head. Okay. Um, so it's a good show. I typed, "Why is she so nice?" Before Spencer asked, "Why are you being so nice?" That made me laugh. Um, so Spencer also won't make eye contact when she apologizes to Melissa, which yeah. makes me like that's one of those moments where I feel like maybe she's not really sorry. I don't uh, like. Like, I get it, but, like... I think Spencer's awful at dealing with things emotionally and confronting yeah. them. Well, and her family, yeah. like, her look family at her family. is so sterile like that. Well, and it's competitive. So, like, apologizing is admitting that you're wrong, which is admitting weakness. Which so, is like, the her apologizing, of the Spencer philosophy. Like, her apologizing to Melissa. Like, if we're, if we're going to go base animal instinct, her apologizing to Melissa is a sign of submission. Yeah. Which means that her lack of eye contact is a sign of submission. Which, fair, but also, like, if I was apologizing to someone, I would consciously be trying to make eye contact just because... To feel like you're authentic. Like, I want them to know that I'm here and present and I mean it, yeah. So I thought it was, like, I thought it was kind of weird that she didn't make eye contact. But also, I feel like because we get the flashback with her and Ian... Maybe her making the eye contact is partly her guilt for Ian because we saw Ian at the beginning of the episode. Yeah, and Melissa once, points once out I that Ian the, asked her on a date. Once and I saw the flashback to that, anything. I immediately thought, okay, Spencer just feels so guilty. Like, she's like, she's apologizing for Ian without apologizing for Ian. But yeah. it's like she's, she, because the sister's always like, oh, Ren, blah, blah, I'm sorry about Ren, and it's like she's trying to squeeze in that Ian apology without saying it, but yeah. I think the guilt is actually wrecking her. Yeah. Yeah. That, uh, and then I hated Allison. Uh, oh my god. Old. Ugh. I hate the word skank. I hate the word slut, but I, I hate I don't think the word too. cunt either. I don't mind that one, because I don't know. Sometimes people are them. That one, but for whatever reason, I don't know what it is about the, like, the I'm gonna say, like, the, the shape of the word. Yeah. Like, th- and that's, like, more of a sign language term, but, like, just for whatever reason, the word cunt and the word skank, like, just the way that the word is makes me uncomfortable. So, like, it's fair that, like, other people use them as foul language for, refi- like, or referring to someone they don't like or whatever, but something about the shape of those words makes me uncomfortable. I don't know. Which, like, is fair. Because they're not great words, and, like, they're kind of meant to make you uncomfortable. But then it's so but... funny how, like, in Australia... Because, like, the cunt, hound uses cunt Well, cunt a lot. is also not... It's 
not a yeah. nasty term. It just it slips out of their mouth like jelly. <laughs> that needs to be our quote. <laughs> wait, wait, like what like, is what is it? Hold on, what is cunt referred to in Australia? I think now? it still means like vagina, vagina, but it's like is it like is it like it's like oh balls? Yeah, it's like that kind of an energy, like the way that we oh, would be like, oh, also, she's a bitch. Cunt, um, has a it's got a positive connotation in yeah. Australia, but huh. I'm trying to find out why. It's like a, it's like a happy bitch, you know? Like, oh my god, you're my bitch! But like, yeah, I think it's that kind of an energy. Okay. Okay, um... That's fair. It should be noted that none of us are from okay, Australia. Take a breath, cunt has many connotations, most of which are positive. For example, if a friend of mine were to be exceptional at motorsports or a nice person in general, he would henceforth be referred to as a sick cunt. <laughs> Huh. And no, cunt does not end there. The once frowned upon curse word has been embraced by the Australian people as a suffix to end all suffixes. Oh my god. Okay, so it sounds like they kind of use it as dudes sometimes. Interesting. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, because it says... Oh, so like instead uh, of like, like running a, into a box and being like, dude, you'd be like, cunt! Mm, okay. Maybe? Well, no, it's more like, ah. It's more like, oh, they're my cunt. Like... Oh, yeah, and you're my dude. Like, you're my so dude. One, here's oh, an example. That's my man. Hey, man, you going to Lizzie's party? And someone goes, nah, cunt. Translated, hello, friend. Are you going to Elizabeth's party? No, thank you, sir. So it's kind of just, it's like a, it's, you can call people that. You can call it that. But it's, it's so like, interesting uh, how in, in Australia Spanish, it they is use not. Like, they use, there's something that they use that, like, functions almost as um. It's like paro. Yeah, paro is like butt. Yeah, like it. Fun- I like butts, but it functions That's why as I like Googled butts on your computer. And it really told are. me about cigarette butts <laughs> and butting heads. That's not the type of butt. But I it'll like. be like it'll be like um, oh paro something something paro something something paro like it's almost like a colloquial like tick the way that um or uh mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. like or uh. Alright, so Allison is terrible with her skank word. Yeah. Yeah. I just... I also don't like that in the flashback, he's teaching her field hockey, and she's like, cool, I'm gonna learn field hockey. And then they make out, and then he fucking leaves. She doesn't even learn how to field hockey. The other thing that irritates me is when he goes to, like, teach her field hockey, he enters penis first. Like... He yeah. he puts his dick on her ass, but I'm also before, before he his does hand. anything else. Oh, it's so just like the gross. whole situation she's with them is sixteen at this point. I don't yeah. even think and she's that old. It's a year ago. It happened the summer before it, Allie disappeared. So fourteen? No, I no think they were summer, fifteen when she left. Yeah, the okay. summer before she disappeared, or the summer that she disappeared. Uh, I think it's gonna be. Okay. Either way, she's a child. And Melissa's six years older, as we know. So that means he's at l- probably 21. See, I told you somebody did the math. It was Addie. <gasps> wait, wait, no, we did the math because... Wait, hold on. Because, we did the math because no, Melissa's you know what? Had a If he's a coach, he might. he's probably out of college. So we'll go if he's at least... No, no, no. No, that's not true because I had coaches for band like Tech. We called them Techs. That were in college when they were coaching us. Yeah. yeah gonna, oh. But we also, had, I could get a job as a PE teacher and I have no credentials whatsoever. 
So, like, a field hockey coach would qualify as a PE teacher. Ooh, I don't think they necessarily would need credentials. Our, like, big, uh, Cortland, our big rival at Ithaca, <laughs> they're, like, one of the top PE schools. And I'm like, you can get a degree in being a physical education you can. teacher? You don't have to have one, though. So, Ian and Spencer flashback. Where Ian is teaching Spencer field hockey penis first. But doesn't wow, we teach her anything. <laughs> yeah, he wow. doesn't teach her anything. Nothing at all. Allie sees them kissing, and Allie is the literal worst. Uh-huh. I just... And she's so nasty, but I could... Spoiler alert for the rest of the episode. Like, I could kind of tell right there. I was like, Allie gets jealous when someone else gets attention. And it's yeah. not her. So the minute you find out the ending that it's, or with the letters and whatever, that it's Ian with her, I was like, I was not surprised at all. Like, she was I so think, I many- wonder, though, too, is maybe she was jealous because her and Ian were already doing a, doing things together at that point. Like, it's I don't a, know, I don't know about the timeline. Like, this is one of those stupid like things that I don't remember. Like, she's upset because it's... She's upset because not only Ian is Ian... with Spencer, not because... It's somebody Ian cheating is with on Spencer. Melissa. Yeah. I, like oh. she's not upset because she's already boning cheating Ian on Melissa and Spencer's oh, no. accomplice. She thinks Ian's cheating on her because her and Spencer. Oh, are I just thought out. it was because she was not. Uh, she was not getting attention from him, that's, and that she that's then pursues him. Oh, she pursues him because oh well, he likes high school girls. Because remember, so. she says, "Oh, the summer like." Allie disappeared, then Melissa and Ian break up, and she's like, then I continued to see him. So we don't know, like, how long into that before Allie disappeared. So that's why I thought Allie was like, oh, I'm jealous. Like, you have another boy that... Oh, you have someone's older secretive. than you. Yeah. Like, I'm secretive. But, again, when they've talked about, like, how she had that secret guy, but still, that's a few months later after seeing Ian. Right. Plus, it boggles my mind that she's 12. Like, it's just... Ugh. I know it's yeah. fascinating. I'm very. She's impressed. very talented for. A but she toddler. does not look twelve. At no, all. she does not look twelve. I'll give um, that. But then we go back to school. I think Noel and Arya are very cute together. Yeah. Oh my god. Noel and I'm is really such mad a good that boy. Fitz just shows the fuck up. Like he needs to not. Yeah. Either show up or don't. You can't keep switching your mind. Yeah. yeah like, stop showing needs, up to your job. He needs to. Leave. Well, not showing <laughs> no, up. No, I know. Stuff, I'm just. Teasing. But, but showing like, up to Arya. No, I know. Yeah. Like he needs to. He stop especially when um, he's so oh we need also, to break up and i'm gonna leave and like not tell you why and then also mona is so pissed about hannah getting stuck at school like, okay okay if the cops called me in somewhere i would expect the two of you to understand but also the place hannah, the might be hannah in. also only said she, i'm stuck at school yeah so she didn't she say, didn't say i'm stuck she at school there are cops later, oh though. yeah and then the reason mona's upset is because said, oh, well, you have liposuction. Well, the other, so Mona, what I thought was really interesting, she's passing out all of her invitations in the beginning, and she's like, oh my god, you guys are my friends, like, here are my invos. One for my bestie, one for my bestie. We're going glamping. And then she sees Naomi and the other girl, sorry, other girl, don't know her name. But she literally, she hands out. I I love Naomi and Riley, who? But she runs to them like, oh, wait up for me, guys. Like, come on, like, here are my invites. Like, oh, I have to show you something. Then when she confronts Hannah, that a texts her about liposuction, she's all um, Regina from Regina George from Mean Girls, like, with the plastic. She's like, come yeah. on, guys. And I was like, you were. But also, it's, it was it's also close. Hannah and Mona. Where the fuck did these 
these other but two girls But it's interesting. Well, I mean, they were out of nowhere. But I thought it was funny how much, like, Mona tries to command it. And then in other scenes, I just have her being like, guess wait, Like, I hold up. I got yeah, this like, for you. Let me catch up. I That's have. why I think Mona just is a social climber. It sucks. Yeah. And mm-hmm. she's also... But again, what you brought up, how with Mona receiving the A text, it's one of the first A reveals that we haven't seen on camera. Yeah. I didn't pick that up, but I'm still... All of the other A messages have been on camera. And it's just so... Because then afterwards, later when they bring it up, and they get the A text right after Mona walks away. And then later in that, in the episode, they're in the tent. And they're like, we gotta go, like... Respond to this A message. We gotta go find, like, where this is. Oh, my God. And Mona comes in. Oh, you guys gotta get blown. Which will forever be the dumbest thing. (laughs) You guys gotta go get blown. But no one else at that freaking party gets hair like theirs. So that's why I'm like, you bought an entire blowout bar and styling hair bar to only use it on two people. Because we see the rest of the party when, like, everybody's looking around. Nobody else has the same hairstyle. And Spencer's like, yeah. No one but else also, looks like a freaking me, crazy let's lady. Let's put this in perspective. Aria got her hair blown out, and then when she was in the car making out with Fitz, it was her hair perfect. was back under the hat, like, perfectly, like it was at the beginning. Mm-hmm. I also did person. not notice that either, but still. It just occurred to me in this moment as we were talking about it. Oh, that, you know what, <laughs> that would have been so funny and adorable, like, had she taken the hood off, and she and looked she that ridiculous, stupid and Ezra was just like, uh, like that could have been cute, and, and of, it also like, would have been hilarious. Well, that's what I'm saying—a hilarious moment to their. She very, also like, could have like stuffed it all under her hat, like. Yeah, she could have put it all. Like up. they clearly, they clearly filmed that, like the scene of them with the blowouts, like last. Or she. Or had a different day, and they yeah. probably just didn't care. They were like, whatever. She's gonna look cute, because I'm yeah. sure. Well, you know what though. It's Mona's glamping. She totally could have had a curling iron and a brush available to her there. Yeah, like maybe maybe <laughs> Aria like redid it. Ooh, but know. that would have like offended Mona. Yeah. Also, I'd like to point out that the FBI agents are again questioning minors without. A yes, yes they should know up, better. Like, They're fucking at. They literally yeah. called in other people because the investigation is doing poorly and Wilson sucks. And then the FBI come in and. They do the same mistakes of talking right. to children. Like, I understand, like, they, they weren't, like, accusing them of anything the way Wilden has been. But like, it's everything that Wilden has done. But they're still asking has been for information. His, yeah, like, everything Wilden has done has been in a, an accusatory situation. But they, um, But this is another one I of those also things love where they're, like, doing it without parent permission. The FBI, permission. like, lady, when she's like... We received this video anonymously. The family gave us permission to show it to you girls. I'm like, it doesn't matter if Allison's family wants you to see it. The family gave you permission, but the parents of the girls want, like... But that's also, like, it's fine. Allie's family gave permission to show it to them, but no parent is there to give you permission to ask questions about it. Well, and also, but, like, like, see that video, because... If the girls see it without, you know, parents that, because, you know, it could be an altered, it could be edited, it could be something where they're like, oh, look, she says this, what, what do you think of that? Right. But again, though, nothing that they admit there is technically admissible in the court. No, ev- like, everything that they admit there, technically, because there's no parent present, would not 
be admissible in a court of law. But, but everything that they say, none, none, none of it makes them like none of it incriminates them. In no, order. I know, but it's yeah. still it's stupid. And like, I'm just but I'm, anything they say without a parent present, like their testimony is not valid. Well, yeah. but the thing is, though, they can argue, like defense can argue certain things about why it should be there. Yeah. Or prosecution, excuse me. Yeah. Not defense. Defense wants you to not have it there. Like, depending on the side, it could, like... Like, the, defense like, could like argue, the, um, central, oh. the Central Park Five, all those boys confessed on tape without lawyers and parents present, and it was still considered valid because they confessed. Well, anyway, Pretty Little Irish sucks at following yeah. the law. So the FBI sucks just as much as Wilbon sucks at yeah. being police officers. Then we go to Mom's work, uh, Mrs. Marin... Mama Marin, Ashley Marin. Or, you know what? This episode has Mama been, Marin. I'm thinking like, about Ella. And I was confused. <laughs> Mama there are, Marin. I want to say, Similar. this episode, okay. like, every time they put little seeds out there, it's like, this episode has been like, I'm chucking the seeds at your face! Like, yeah. in the sense of what's gonna happen. Like, the minute that old lady came in with all her cash in her hands, after, she had after so Mama Marin was like, no, cash. I had I no said, money. I said Mrs. She walks in. looks like a Harry Potter character. Well, she's, what's her face? She's also the, um, the judge, uh, or not the judge, the typist in the courtroom in Parks and Rec. Oh, yes! Yeah, That's yeah, who yeah. I always remember her as, because I think of when she has to read the transcript to Leslie and Ben about them, like, saying they love each other. Yeah. Um, um, but I yeah. like that she walks in with so much cash, and she walks out with just handfuls of butterscotch except that one she leaves how politely I, that was such a like i chuckled because when i worked at mcdonald's it was like middle-aged women especially moms in the area and then older women up to that age were so like I'll take whatever I can, like, if it's free, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like, I'm gonna choose, like, so oh, the can I have some minute, ketchup? Oh, I need ten more. The oh, I need minute more. she, like, asked about it and then took all the butterscotch and left the one, like, oh, that, oh, I'll see you in a year. I was like, gosh, I don't want to say that's such a stereotype, but I'm like, I lived and breathed in that in the, in the work setting mm-hmm. for three years. Like, yes. I've seen it. Yep. Yeah. It's real. It happens. Um, and she just so casually leaves the key. Oh, my God. Right, that was Ugh. like certain. This episode felt... had the key buried at the bottom of her purse when she walked in, and she had to dig all the cash out to find the key. Surprises me that the key didn't just go back into the mess of a purse. Right, yeah. and especially when she's throwing all the butterscotch in. Like, why would she have had to have had her hands in her bag to take them out when accidentally yeah. moving something? Like, yeah. keys are onto a wooden desk. You hear that? But whatever. Yeah. Now that leaves. Uh, Mama Marin with her open door to steal the cash. Yeah. Intent. So now, which I literally, uh, what did? Hold on, I wrote. She has a year to pay it back or whatever. Exactly. Wrote, what did I? I was like, ugh, she's gonna get caught. And then I wrote, old people stealing all her butterscotch. See, my note of she's gonna get caught before the butterscotch. I immediately knew. I was like, she's gonna take the money and she's mm-hmm. gonna get caught. Like it was pretty. This yeah. would be dumb. Solidly and predictable. she's been a smarter character than that. And what I also wonder is, has she been a smarter it, character? She was boning Wilden. No, well, I mean, I'm sure beforehand she probably had better judgment. I don't know. Like financially, Your husband financially, she's smarter than stealing. But you know what? You're right. I forgot she was sleeping with Wilden. But 
if she and him is dad divorced, he can owe her alimony because, like, in all mm-hmm. of that. Yeah, in and the especially theory, child be sending child support or alimony or whatever. Oh, but and again, it's like I forgot I was reading. Someone was like complaining that someone used a child support check to like pay part of their rent, not the full check, but part of it. And they were like, child like, support. Where does the child have to live? Mother? Exactly. Yeah, it's like, like a child ch- needs a roof over their head as like, much as a the mom child or dad support does. is for everything that is for the child. You got food or you know, groceries, food. Groceries, clothing, uh, rent, clothing, rent, supplies. Field trips. It's like yeah, school, school supplies. It's like mom's not using it to buy a new car for herself when she's got a fine car. It's like this lady yeah, it's was paying like, for the roof like over mom's their head. It's like mom's buying a Mercedes when she has a perfectly good Toyota. Yeah, like she's paying for the roof over their heads. Um, then we go back to school. So we've got we've got the. Uh, the weird Harry Potter character leaving her key and taking all the butterscotch instead. Wait, I'm... I'm then we've got the poem drama. This, okay, this might be my dumb question. I'm terrible at remembering faces, but I'm also terrible at remembering random little tidbits of... This was important. Why is B-26 significant? That's, That's the, the song, song playing on the jukebox, on the jukebox when jukebox they meet. In the first episode when they meet. When the only reason I know that is because of the B-52s. Every time they say B-26, I think, I'm like, no, it's the B-52s, ah, god damn it. Okay. And then I'm like, oh no, that's the song. Yeah, because I literally wrote B-26, that number? Yeah, so the so question that's the name, the, or that's the okay. number of the I, song I wanted to G-box. shout bingo. Like, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I immediately wrote just like, poor Fitz and Arya, because it's just like a shitty situation. Because sure. they are... Like, the world is against them because of the age difference, and also it just, like, they can't normally deal with anything. They can't, yeah. if you need to ask for advice to a friend, you're not going to be like, uh, okay, so my friend is dating their teacher and she's in high school. What would you do if these issues come? Like, you can't, yeah. you can't get support from anyone you have to else. You do a Dear Abby. So again, like, yeah. I, I, I get so grossed out by their age difference, but at the same time you sympathize, because you're like, they're both really alone in what they're doing. Ezra at least has one person that knows, who is his, who his friend was like, you'll be careful, but neither of them have any type of but outlet like, also, how to deal with it. Also, yeah. a poem outlet, like, a poem, like, put in a book, published in a book by Ezra Fitz, like doesn't implicate anyone it could be anybody Arya is the only one that knows it's about that it's her. about her but that was also really fast does uh, no figure it out the publication i think i think no knows because I feel like he or he at because when he's reading when he's something. reading the poem he just he says like the song the name and then he goes a girl, and immediately Arya's like, oh, out. I need that. And then and she then goes back, and he's like, talk, like yeah, and then, walks in as she's like, well, fine, then we're over. Or like, she yeah. says something that's very relationshipy, And that goes back to your thing, like, they're talking in a classroom. Doors open. With the doors open about their relationship. Like, of oh, course A knows that they're dating. Uh, well, the, <laughs> this, so my notes were... I was like telling Fitz to move on, sad face, and they wrote nothing going on in here. Because when 
uh, nothing when he comes at in, all. he's like, what's going on? Nothing, nothing at all in this room. And then I wrote in capital letters, dramatic book throw <laughs> when Fitz threw the book in anger. And then he turns to me and goes, the book is kind of hot. <laughs> she turns right? and she goes, that was really hot. I was like, okay. I would be. Yeah. I, I don't want to make Corey angry, but like, I totally want to see him like throw something in anger. Yeah. He loves you so much, he's mad. No, I don't like that. That's, like, scary. That's what happened with Fitz, what Fitz was doing. No, well, I meant, well, like... Not, well, he wasn't mad they're at also, already, well, they're broken he was up. frustrated yeah, about other things. he's mad at himself, too, and, like, yeah, everything yeah. that's going on. Like, but if Corey was mad <laughs> about something at work and then threw something, it would be hot. Corey was it's mad like, at Addie about something, and he threw something <laughs> in. Very a little different. Plus, Very also, I, I'm a, like... Love arms, so knit. Fits oh, through that, I was like, yeah. I don't know what it is about arms. Get down arms the good arm. Good. Oh. What oh. about two arms? Could you do nah. two, or do you only That's for too one? much. <laughs> too much. Too many arms. Too, too many arms. arms. Uh, I also like that they made Ian all creepy as he was coming up to Spencer's yes. house behind Melissa, and then like I thought it was I very polite. I want to house so bad. That it was very polite that he knocked. Before he opened the unlocked door, that's not safe. So, oh. I also liked how Melissa just like abruptly like turned away to leave. And, yeah, like, and Spencer's so like, "Hey, that's you should go on a date with him." And he's just standing there as they're having. And I thought it was Spencer's awkward as hell in that scene. I've got to say, like, as much as I find her character so weird, like the actress who does it nails her, like. Yeah, very. How do, I don't know she how to makes pronounce you the actress's name, but like it's Troy and Belisario. Troy and Belisario, Spencer. Spencer. fantastic <laughs> actress. Well, she like I me... feel uncomfortable watching yeah. her in a Troy good way. But she's like her first name is Troy. I Troy, like yeah. that moment of her going up to Melissa to kind of be like, "Oh, do this," but at the same time, it's like that she's risking so much right there because yeah. Ian could maybe be like, hey, I've grown up so much. I'm going to confess, like, Like, hey, just to let problems. you know, I tried to bone your sister. But in the, like, I'm telling you, like, this was my phase. I'm beyond that. Like, well, now stay. I'm ready, I'm ready for, for, you. for you. Like, but that was a moment where I was like, go Spencer, but you're making me feel uncomfortable. But mm-hmm. Spencer is how I picture myself in, like, serious situations where I'm just this, like, uh... I also like that Spencer shared um, to the girls oh, about, yes. like, the kisses between the two boys of Melissa. That's what I wrote. I wrote, like, yeah, I like, really being honest. Uh, but then I also added, I said, um, they spoke about this alone. So, yeah. if, Spe- like, if A texted them out of the blue being like, you and Ian, the only way I'd be like, oh, well, if Allison knew, then Allison's definitely A. But no one outside of them in my, like, because I'm trying to keep track of when they talk about things. Yeah, because, like, that are in the at this point, was. Allison was the only one that knew about Ian. Yeah. From what we've seen, but I'm still, I'm like, I don't, I feel like no one else is going to see that, because then Spencer would have to tell, talk to some people about this, like, situation. Yeah. You know? Um, but that was, I was so happy that her brain, but then also when the FBI person was brought up, they were like, Allison had a lot of secrets, and the FBI is like really cheesy. She's like, Yeah, the secrets are meant to be like found out, it's like blah blah blah. Yeah, like, yeah, that had very cheesy thing. And then Spencer finally opens up about something. And I think what's interesting, like, the more they reflect on their flashbacks, it's like 
while we all see how terrible Allison and it, and it's obvious to us, it's like they're slowly they're starting to realize that it's like, like maybe the secrets together. aren't the things that we should have been keeping. But then at the when we all watch and I'm like, damn, Allie sucks. And then I remember all of them weren't really close without Allie present, so none of them could even on the side be like, wow, Allie was a jerk to you today. So yeah. they're all now re-examining an entire like relationship and a history. And so it's like it's nice to see that they're sharing a bit more and realizing that maybe Allie wasn't all that great. Yeah, and then this That's is where we learn about Toby's bloodstained sweater. But then I had a morbid thought. I was like, oh, what? if she sucked, if Allie was so bitchy, why do we all care that she was murdered? Like, yeah, <laughs> that was my like really morbid thought. <laughs> I'm like, she's terrible. Do we really need to keep this up? Yeah, well, and that's the thing. I, I know, that's so weird. But that's the thing is, like, they were making a lot of excuses for her that now they're realizing maybe they shouldn't have made. So now they're kind of realizing that they're better off without Allie, which is helping them get over Allie being yep. dead. Um, which falls under the morbid thought where it's like, oh, well, we're better off without her. But, like, unfortunately, them being without her means that she's no longer alive versus just they're not friends anymore. I'm fine with that, though. I feel like she'd be a Mona Flake. Yeah. Like, just nasty. Find another group of girls and then... So, and then we... Put some more life. Then we find out that, for whatever reason, Toby had a sweater with a blood stain on it from a year ago because that's a thing that... And he didn't wash it. Yeah. I just... That's a thing that normal murderers of it or anything. Yeah. And, like, yeah. I'm sure that the argument is, well, oh, he was keeping a trophy of the murder, but, like, he's, if it had some blood stain on it, it would also have, like, yeah, he's, other stuff he's on it. Yeah, he's smarter like, than he is creepy. Yeah. He could have just cut the little bloodstained hole out of it. Or, like, or he would have, or he would have had a different souvenir from... But like, like if that was he would have cut a lock of her hair. Ooh, that's what I was just thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I was a, like, that's what I think a lock of her hair. Is if he was, <laughs> if he was gonna be a creepy serial killer, like taking a bloodstained sweater is not. Yeah, or Ew. I don't know why that came out of my mouth. Like he would just take her kneecap. Okay, uh, <laughs> don't talk about knees. But yeah, Toby, like Toby, definitely doesn't have serial killer tendencies. And I just, I find, so like, I think that We didn't see him murder a single animal. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Him keeping a sweater with bloodstains on it just doesn't make any sense to Toby's character so Ooh, far. Ooh, maybe Jenna kept it. <gasps> oh my god. That's an actual prediction. Here's I'm writing it down. That's like a new, like, in this moment, Wait, reflecting so on that. Wait, so blind Jenna murdered Allie <laughs> no, maybe not. and kept the sweater. No, I think, well, if Jenna was, like, in on it. But, because she, we already know she's threatening, um, like... Well, I guess if there was a blood stain on the sweater, she wouldn't know. Oh, I'm not even going to say So, Jenna, Jenna kept the sweater. I, because, just looking back, like, could be a possibility. Since she's threatened, like, if Toby tries to do anything to jeopardize the relationship, end it, she's going to accuse assault allegations out. And all that bullshit. But this would be something like you say anything. Blah, blah, oh, like, like I have the bloody sweater. Yeah. Like I have your bloody sweater. I know. Yeah, maybe. Not that. That's just a new kind of thought about it. That would be interesting. But 
probably not true. So then we go to my or to Emily's house, and Maya and Emily are together, and then Which Dad comes so home. So cute. I love. I like them together. Okay, the one thing, I guess I'm kind of lumping the two scenes of Emily and her dad. I found it was really kind of crappy that it's literally dad comes home. He hasn't been home in at least a year at this point, right? Because he left right after Allison disappeared. Or right around the same like time. Like around the yeah. same time, and then it's a few I months think she after. she says he or, left like the day after Allie disappeared or the day before. Or, like, yeah, but it's, it's still it's right so around we'll the same time. I'm going to go with like a year and a couple, or in like three months, because I feel like we're probably in November by this point. Yeah. And don't get why if he's been gone for that long and your family's yet have we we haven't had halloween yet so it's october oh but they're all like the family being together for the first time in a while and they're gonna go out to dinner what i'm assuming and then the mom like has the pictures to bring up about her and maya and i'm like why would you want to bring that up i don't think she was going to bring it up at the dinner. I I I think she had them and like she got them around the same time that the dad was coming home and she's like, I don't know what to do. I need to talk to my husband about this. I just I don't That's know. I thought I felt like she was looking at them being like I have to talk to my husband about this like, before I talk I to think, my daughter. I, or I think she thought Emily was gonna come out which to she, her dad before yeah, she came out to her mom. Which she was and her mom was looking mm. at the pictures thinking like like How she come she'll tell her dad and she won't tell yeah. me? The, the way that I read the scene was that, like, oh, dad's home, and now all of a sudden Emily's, like, sharing feelings. And so Pam feels like, what am I doing that my daughter can't tell me? Because, yeah. like, the conversation that her, that Emily and her dad are having is not a conversation that Pam and Emily ever Oh, yeah, no, no, I didn't. I, I, so, it, it but, was like, that's what nice. I was leaning toward. Okay. I don't know. Like, I came from because mom had them, and it, not in, like, a night but it w- it felt like there would be no reason that she's just carrying these yeah. around and pulls them out right then and there when they're when they're all reunited and about to go have family time. Like that's kind of a. I think she pulled them out because she thought that Emily was going to admit that she was mm-hmm. gay, and then she was going to come in the room and be like, "I also know because I got these pictures." Yeah, that's like that's not okay. But I just but think like, Mom I was... think that's what she was preparing for was that she thought yeah. Emily was going to come out yeah. because Dad's everybody talking else's about... view is half glass full. Mine was half glass or glass half empty. Oh, gotcha. So half glass broken. Yes. But, like, I thought, yeah, I thought the mom... It's not in your knee. That's all that matters. I thought mom was going to, like, barge in and be like, I want to be in on this coming out moment, too, kind of a thing. Versus versus being like, well, we're sharing, you know, because the dad was talking about, like, not lying. Yeah. And so everybody thought, oh, well, maybe Emily's going to come out. Like, including Pam. So I thought she was going to, like... Is her step in and like, her, I want to be are, on this moment too. Are both her parents super conservative? Mm-hmm. I think so. Okay. Um, I don't think we talked about it on podcast yet, but my notes for this is Emily is his uniform correct, and Emily checks with her husband. It I is. texted Elbay and uh, a picture of Dad's uniform, and Elbay says that the little insignia above the U.S. Army name on his uniform. Uh, from bottom to top are air assault, airborne, and expert infantry. And then the the 22 patch on his arm is his unit patch, which I, that one I knew 
because um, Elbe's unit patch looks like the Gatorade lightning bolt. So that's like a dumb thing I have in my head. Uh, and then LJ said this, uh, he looks too young to be a lieutenant colonel, but that's what he is. So the, uh, in the middle of his chest, so the way that the military uniform works is on your left, it says U.S. Army. On your right, it has your last name, and then in the middle, it's your rank. So for LJ, it's U.S. Army Pena, and then his rank is first lieutenant. Uh, and then LJ doesn't have any, like, patches above the U.S. Army thing, but he does have the unit patch on his arm. So, but yes, so he looks fairly legit. Like, there's nothing, there's yeah. nothing about Emily's dad that looks illeg illegitimate as an Excellent. Army person from an Army person. So. Um, one army person to another army person. Also, I feel like Maya like almost got mad for a second that Pam kicked her out. I think Maya could tell she... that Pam knew. Maybe. That's yeah. how it felt to me. It felt like Maya knew. Maya could tell that Pam knew they Something. were more than friends. Okay. And she was wor like she was waiting to see if Pam was going to mention it. To Emily, like include her or whatever. Yeah, like if no, if like if Pam was going to call Emily out, like if she oh, was going to be gotcha. like, "Hey, Em, I know." Gotcha. And I think did. it was like a protective thing more okay. than it was like a like for a second. Maya doesn't want me here. Yeah, for a second she seemed like a little irritated, but then when she left, everything was fine. Yeah. So um, I did like that she said the Toby you know is not the Toby that killed Allison. Yeah, yeah. I liked that. I think Maya's it's very smart. Yeah, she's she's ditzy, but I think she's smart. She's good. like street smart. Street smart. <laughs> um, then we go to the grill with mom and Aria, which we talked about a little bit. Yeah. Um, where Aria gets to ask mom the question that like has been kind of bugging her, which <sighs> is like, do you blame me for keeping the secret? And I think that mom and Aria's relationship is very solid. Yeah. And I like. I like Me Ella too. a lot. I also like, um, where was that thought going? Oh, I like that mom is painting now. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that's Me such too. a nice change. I think it's really good for her. Mom's doing something for mom. Yeah. Yeah. And I like that Aria feels like she can tell her mom about the police thinking that Toby did it and, like, Toby having the sweater and everything. Like, I, I like that... She's finally talking to her mom about something that's going on in her life. Right. Um, let's see what else. Oh, then we go back to Emily's house, and this was my note. Emily's talking more to dad than ever to mom, and, like, mom hiding in the hallway, like, before she pulls out the pictures, it feels like mom's really upset, and fairly so, that like, and I know this happens in parents sometimes, is like the kid will glom on to one parent over the other. Glom is a terrible word. <laughs> I've had friends where their child wants dad, or you know, like, so they get hurt and they want dad, not mom. And like that yeah. hurts because it's your baby. And so like at first I thought, cause I forgot that Pam got the pictures, so at first I thought Pam was just hurt that like it was the two of them alone for a year where they should have built up a better relationship and yeah. Emily's still choosing dad over mom. And it may be some of that, 
but like then mom pulls out the photos and so it's like a different level where mom knows a secret about Emily and maybe Emily's gonna tell dad but like we don't know and so I also put down that dad's a little scary he is like Emily's dad is a little like he's commanding but I think he's the kind of dad that Emily needs yeah in this moment yeah I also like that he calls her Emmy I think that's very cute um, then we get Spencer and Melissa in Spencer's room. Yeah, and they're like friends. And they're gonna now. be like cool now. But I thought that was really nice. Friendship, yay. Um, then Toby's just in Emily's car. Yeah. Okay. I was like, long? Toby, you can't do that shit. How long of was all he the creepy things? In there? When did he crawl in her car? Also, who doesn't check their back seat before they get in? I'm such a I'm so paranoid Constantly all the time. Paranoid That's not a, person. Like, I'm very nervous all the time too, but I'm not never nervous about. I that. always think the worst oh in people, God, so I like. Yeah. I always assume that someone has broken into my car and they're hiding in the backseat. It's like I get that Toby is just trying to tell Emily something, but popping out from the backseat oh. of a woman's car is not the way to get her to listen to you. Dear yeah. God, no! It's so creepy. Oh, and oh. but it was also so cheesy how he came out. Oh, like, so look at his hair. His, okay, his yeah. hair is a mess. Just this entire exchange between them. But we do is learn a so, lot. So yeah. we learn that Jenna, in the file, it comes out as if Toby might have been forcing himself on Jenna. And really, it was Jenna that was instigating the relationship. But the relationship was consensual until 901 when Half Toby broke it off. Addie has two the, predictions Addie that are correct. correct. I said the tattoo is not about a check mark. <laughs> I was so excited this morning. I'm not so the tattoo lie. has nothing to do with Alan. It has to do with Jenna. Like tattoo. They're so far. They're just and, small predictions. And now that brings some clarity. But that also brings some clarity to the way that Jenna's been treating Toby. Yeah. Some of her like aggressive. Some of her aggressive like behavior towards Toby, especially like surrounding the homecoming dance where she's like, well, is she ever going to, I don't remember what exactly she's, is she ever going to believe you or is she ever going to like you after she finds out what happened? So Jenna's using their sexual relationship to keep, it's like, it's a tra- trapping mechanism. Yep. Ugh. Um, uh, he lets her know that like the reason Allie had a sweater is because it was cold. Like and they, they did talk because they she did was talk gonna help him get away from it. And he thanked Jenna. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Arya's outfit at Camp Mona is so cute with the hat and the yeah like everything. Everything Arya does every day is cute. I hate that they got swag bags. Also, I wrote Mona is a monster. Mona is Mona is a monster. Like Mona. I'm sorry, that was bad. <laughs> I'll just see myself out. Bye, guys. Bye. Yeah, no. I wrote weird swag, drinks, and I said, oh, and she's being rude to people. Like, she's just your And then she's counting presents. Oh, if I, like, I'm sure I'll love it, but if I don't, I'll okay, return it. And I, she's, like, counting the presents. Yeah. Right, like, uh, wow. After she was, oh. I told them not to bring me anything, but, like, I can't say no. And then the minute Ari and them give their gifts, well, if I don't like it, I'll return it. 
She's a monster. But she, um, now, of course, I'm having a brain fart. I don't remember exactly what, but she's talking about the events or whatever going on at the birth, the, the glamping, and she, like, doesn't partake in any of them. And, like, there were certain stuff, because then I thought, if she is a, like, how could the host just disappear? I was like, that's one thing against maybe not Mona, but why would it be a random other teenager who we have or haven't to seen yet? frame oh. Mona. Or working in cahoots with Mona. Cahoots! Guam. Stop. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> me. Also, Spencer's counting steps again. Like, it's weird that this tick comes back in, like, these kinds of But moments. I like that they bring it back, though, because it's like, it oh, makes, we didn't just yeah. use that as a thing. Like, that's really who she is. I also, Spencer at this party is my spirit animal. I think she is my favorite Spencer that we have throughout the entire series. When she's just sitting at the fire and she's singing herself, she's like, she just keeps going, um, we're, this is the wrong place. This is the wrong place. Or something like that. Like, we're looking in the wrong place. We're looking in the wrong place. We're looking in the wrong place. Like, and she's just repeating it and she's staring at the fire and there's that blonde girl next to her just being like, as my favorite Spencer. Well, and they're like, they're <coughs> doing the scavenger hunt. So there's like the idea of like trying to figure out the clue, which is very scavenger hunt of her. Yeah. But it's just so funny. She's like mumbling to herself at a campfire. Yeah, and she's like um, holding her head in her hands and like really thinking about it. And it's really funny. Also, Hannah is sneaky sneaking around the wood. Yeah. Oh um, I wrote the hair, holy shit, in all caps. Oh. I wrote Spencer's um, quote of, whoa, what happens when you touch it? <laughs> um, we get the Jenna bracelet with the clue, like, you're looking for me in all the wrong places. Yeah. Um, then we're at Hannah Marin or Mama Marin's car, we're at Ashley Marin's car, and I just wrote fucking Byron Jesus. Yeah. Like, I'm so tired oh of Byron. God. That's not I'm like how he just, like, inserts himself everywhere. Yeah. Um, so then, like I wasn't thinking about you, Byron, for a few scenes, and now here you are. And then Toby is behind Yeah, we the were church. having a great time, Byron. Oh. And now I know well, oh, Mama Byron sucks, too, because yeah. she stole the money. And then we go to the church, and Toby's waiting for Emily and thinks she's coming, and then it ends up being the police. I I guess this is going to be a prediction, but I don't think any of the girls called the police on him. And I brought up the evidence why, because Arya and them, they all received texts, but when Hannah called Arya... They she said complained that about the, the reception was really terrible. So I don't think... Plus, at the same time, Emily is unsure about Toby lying or being truthful. Right, like, maybe but I Emily think she thinks still, that he's telling the truth. She, I think, yeah. But also doesn't want to, like, throw him under the bus and send him away just yeah. yet. Because she, she like, sympathizes. I don't think, yeah, I don't nice think she would have... She's uncovering his um, layers. I like it's the hoodies. Layers. I like. I dig the Camp Mona hoodies. I think those are Me so too. funny. No, <gasps> I don't want one. Um, we'll make them then, for Halloween. We can <laughs> all be Mona. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, we could just be Rosewood high schoolers that went to Mona's party. Yeah, we're just. Can I be Naomi? <laughs> I'll be Riley, Riley yeah, and you'll be Mona. Okay. Um. So then they can't find Aria, but Spencer and Emily are figuring out the clue that it's the right part, R-I-W-R-I-G-H-T, yeah. 
the right playground. Um, I find playgrounds in the woods creepy as hell. Obviously, it's Ithaca. I learned how to ride my bike there on Kendall Day, junior year. I ran away from Chris and Chris and Grace because I wanted to go on the swing set and I didn't. And there was that couple there that were learning, that were like exercising together. And I was like, oh, that's really cute. You guys ride your bikes together. And they were like, yeah, it's fun. And I was like, I don't know how to do that. And the guy was like, well, it's flat up there. Let's teach you. <laughs> so I like climbed up, I'm very drunk, and I climb on this bike and he's like helping me learn. And <laughs> Sean sees me like trying to pedal and he's like, oh shit, Kelly doesn't know how to do that. And he sprints after me. Because he didn't see the man, like, holding on to me at first. It was very funny. <laughs> and that's the only time I've ever ridden a bike. The end. Interesting. Very interesting. We, we do bike rides between Santa Monica and Venice every once in a while. Like, because there's a nice bike path between the two. I've always wanted to do that. It's really I'll roller nice. skate next to you guys. Okay. Ooh, I would rather bike than roller skate. I don't yeah. know how to bike. That would be a good place to teach you because that's also flat. Yeah. It's a very and well a beautiful ocean. Nice bike I do path. like the yeah. ocean. And probably if you fall, you'd people. fall in the sand, which is much softer than falling on anything else, I mm -hmm. think. The funniest bike story I ever had was I was in sixth grade. My two friends were over, and we had, like, this new hand-me-down bike. And you know how usually, like, one of the handle... One's will be one's the, the brake, brake, and one's, I don't know. Well, there were two, but both of them were, like, the front and the back one's brake. One's like a front brake and a back brake. Well, we had not had a bike like that before, so my friend, she's going really fast, and she hits, she grabs them both, and I'm on the side of her, and I just watch her bike completely stop, the back wheel come up, and she oh, completely oh flipped over and a half oh. stop, and it was, like, the most comical thing ever, because the facial reaction... Oh, I couldn't oh. not laugh hysterically. I don't think I've ever seen anyone do that in real life. It was so many movies though. It yeah, was, like she was just going Photoshop. so fast, and it was one of those things where I had never, I didn't know that the bikes, or she didn't know that either. I didn't know. Oh, that's so funny. Oh, it was great. Okay, but Ezra and um, Arya. So obviously Finally. it's Arya and Fitz's car. Like we see Fitz, and they like do this big reveal with Arya taking the hood off, and it's like, of course it's Arya. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, so Hannah, through the binoculars, sees Arya and Fitz making out the car. So she's like, oh, that's Mr. Fitz, and oh my god. So, like, we, we assume that she thinks it's Arya, but, like, we don't, we don't know who she thinks it is, because she obviously doesn't say that out loud, because suspense. And then, some creepy, sneaky person is writing, I see you. On, in the condensation on Mr. Fitz's rear window. That's a uh, lot of condensation pretty fast. I mean, you don't know how long they were making out. My notes for this just say, ugh, I hate this part right here. Is that a Pussycat Doll song? I don't know what. Oh, I hate this Is that song. a song? I don't know. I, it's part of a song, but I don't know if it's a Pussycat Doll song. <laughs> oh, well, anyway. But yeah, so Hannah sees Fitz and Arya making out, and then uh, we think, or, or Hannah thinks she saw A, and so uh, 
So through the binoculars, Hannah sees the face of whoever's riding on the back of Arya and Fitz's car. Then (gasps) Hannah gets run over by a car before she run before she gets to Spencer and Arya and Emily. And I just wrote Hannah no. Um, and the A message is she knew too much. So the girls don't think she's breathing, and her eyes like open, and they're like very open. They're and very, they're very, they're very focused eyes. Like they're not someone who just got completely knocked down and is like hazy. Like hers were very alert eyes. That's what confused. That's she's what, not good at unconscious not confused, acting. But it, it made me chuckle. She's not. She's not good at unconscious acting. Obviously. Um, I'm just wondering, then, though, how, if A is running like that, who jumped in a car so quickly to hit her? So A definitely has an accomplice. Okay. So Addie's prediction is A has an accomplice. Then. I just don't get how that person could have run back and, as Hannah sees them moving. And got in the car. Gets in the car, turns it on, drives over there without anyone hearing or seeing it. Even when they're like, Hannah, we're over here. Hannah. Like that was that threw me, I guess. So and it, like Sorry. somebody, it was somebody's car that was like already in the parking lot, and they were already driving running. around. Could you imagine just the terrible probability that someone was driving through that camp or that parking lot to turn around? <laughs> oh man! Random act of violence. That would be very Pretty Little Liars, though. I think it was just some random dude uh-huh. and then hit and run. Uh, then at the end, we see the end of the alley video, and she goes, you know you want to kiss me, and then it continues, and she takes the camera, and it's definitely Ian, because at the park, they found out, they found the tree with Allison and Ian carved in it in the heart, which we didn't talk about. Spencer and Emily go to the park while Arya's yep. making out fits, and they find the heart that's Allie and Ian. Yeah, gross. And so we see for sure. I wonder what Spencer's thinking. Yeah. Sorry, I'll get closer to that. So we see for sure, though, that it's Ian at the end of the video. Um, and not anybody else. I think it's so stupid that Spencer, Little Miss, do everything perfect, doesn't fucking know CPR. Right? I was so mad. I'm like, like what, Spencer? You don't anything? What, Spencer? You don't know a CPR? You're trying to get into every fucking Ivy League school. Well, like, she doesn't look like she's breathing. There's so many techniques when you take basic Fucking call 911. Like, I mean, they oh did. Oh, my God. But you just shout, oh, she's not breathing. Okay, do something. Yeah, my favorite reaction was Addie being like, this is how you appropriately react to your friend getting hurt or dying, Spencer. God. Well, also, the, the thing so, is, you were so but, bad. like, if someone, like, my balcony started, when my friend went over the balcony, it's like, you don't, you don't want to touch them in a situation where, like, back a and situation like has that, been yeah. hit, even if they know how to do CPR, because, because them if being they moved incorrectly. Hannah, it could have paralyzed her when she wouldn't have been necessary. But if she wasn't breathing. It, you don't want to. You don't want to touch her. You'd them. rather, like. That is true. Because that's one of the biggest things, because that's how a lot of, the, like, 
if people who get into accidents and it's like they are on the verge of there's a lot their of spine or happen because people are trying to help them or they're just moved incorrectly that is very, and that's that why is like very EMT fair. they're all trained on how to strategically get you up without that's why like they'll put um, like you see a lot in grays the huge like kind of head and neck stabilizers or whatever like body thing because you don't want anyone to shift um because you just you don't know what's gonna slip, what'll move, and possibly cause paralysis, or make the injury even worse. That is a very fair assessment. Because um, those are those are the kinds of things that they tell you too. Is like that. I mean, that was my like potential head or neck injury. Like not. To that touch was my her. first thing when yeah. I went over the balcony. I saw her. I was like, "Do not touch her," because. It could be yeah. a thousand times worse by just us moving her. That is very true. But right. I think that's. I think yeah, that's that really was it. Things. There was no so. closing scene of A. No, it was just that video, which was like kind of the A scene, but not really. My, that was just the remainder of the video. My only other comment is that Hannah's hair looked really, really cute. When she was stalking through the woods. I liked it straight in. Yeah, it was really pretty. That's it. That's all I have to say. Awesome. Well, what are Addie's predictions for this episode? So I think that Jenna's possibly involved with that sweater thing. Yes. That was like a newfound tonight as we were talking. I was like, that could be interesting. So I'll throw that in there. Um, probably you the other one. also said that... Um, the girls didn't call the police on Toby. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> just like Kelly's, she said, A hasn't accomplished. <laughs> All of the A's are capitals because. I'm still, I'm still like pro Mona, but I, but it's. Like you think she's pro Mona, like pro Bona? <laughs> pro Mona. <laughs> um, I'm still like, Mona could be A. Like, there were so many things that lined up this episode where she reacted perfectly to the messages in a way that no one else has, but right. why would she be running around writing I see you and leaving her birthday party that she's been bitching about, but that aids in my accomplice. So, next time when we get together, we're talking about season one, episode 11, moments later, a moment later, moments, moments later. later. I think it's I didn't write this down, so I'm not I just texted it. it now, but I'm pretty sure it's I moment. think it's moments later. Which, does that spark any predictions in you, Annie? I mean, it's probably going to be moments later after Hannah got hit by a car. I'd be a little bitter if they were like, one week later. Imagine they didn't, like, <laughs> two years later. Just, happened, like, glaze over and, like, yeah. you're not... And then at the end... Flash forward, like, end, a year and a half. At the end of next episode, they're like... We should talk about Hannah, and then you don't know if she's dead or alive. And they're just like, well, Hannah. That's all the secrets we can share today. For all of our updates, or if you just want to say hi, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at APLL Podcast. Or you can send us an email at apprettylittleliarspodcast at gmail.com. Listen to us on Podbean, iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. We'd like to extend our thanks to Tim Buell for the marvelous music. And a thank you to Ann Allen for the amazing artwork. And an extra special thank you to you for listening. Until, Until next time, time bitches! bitches.